Now, now today, uh, we're going to continue on in our study of Hebrews, and last week, uh, uh, we talked about sitting deliberately and, and the consequences of that, and the caution of what it means to throw away your confidence. That's always an interesting one. Uh, what is confidence? That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but also the tension that we face in this life of faith, just as the Hebrews faced, we also face as well. So a lot of stuff to go over um, in this uh, 40 minutes of time. 45, we'll go. Oh, no, wait, that's 25, 30. Oh, 35 minutes. Yeah, we have around 40. We'll go till 35, um, just because I'm torturous like that. Anyways, <laughs> um, I know the kids upstairs need... Uh, need that time too. Uh, but it's good. Anthony brought more chairs upstairs. It's always a good thing to see the kids go to Bible study. So um, thank you, Anthony. Um, all right, why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this morning, uh, Lord, that you give us your peace, that these are the words of eternal life, the words that we need to hear, uh, the words of your forgiveness. Lord, lead us in your redemption in the hope and courage that this is our confidence, knowing full well that we draw near by the blood that covers us. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, so I know uh, today we're going to continue on with a quick review of a couple of verses, but then we're, our main is going to be from 29 and following. I know we talked about 29 a bit last time, but we will go about it again. So last time we talked, Hebrews 10. If you have your Bibles out, uh, 26 and following, uh, again, we talk about sinning deliberately. Um, and, and there we see the judgment. Uh, sinning deliberately means what? Uh, to, uh, yeah, to, to do what with sin? What does deliberate sin mean? What does that mean? Do you guys remember what that means? To deny the truth of God, uh, of course. Um, and to see sin and say, well... We talked about that last time, I remember uh, we brought that up too, yeah. Uh, and this is the caution of turning away. Now, how do we sin deliberately? It goes back to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. That's why coming to church in the Word and Sacrament is very important. Because what happens after a while? What can happen in our nature of man, in our flesh? When we're isolated and just going solo, Lone Ranger, what can happen? Yeah, you go astray, right? And that's the danger. And this is kind of the, uh, the result of those that are neglecting to meet together. That's why when we talk about coming to church, uh, if you ever get a phone call from me, it's not because I'm mad. I'm never mad. Really? Only when my children, if they, if they have a little fight, that's the only time I get upset with them. I'm like, look, I told you to love your neighbor, so let's get that done here, right? Uh, you can get whatever grade you want. No, I don't say that, whatever grade you want in school. But I say that's the number. You know why I have to talk to you guys. Anyways, but, uh, uh, but there's a, we know what's at risk, right? Because, uh, oh, yeah, we have front row seats, so these are my examples. Jeff, uh, oh, Marjorie's a brave soul. Oh, no, here we go. And Glenn and Cheryl are veterans. And Dave, Dave side, side front table? I'm not sure if that's 
considered front, so you might be. Uh, you, oh, you. Oh, oh, so I won't use you. Okay. So. Uh, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, when we when we talk about um, uh, the nature of man, I mean, y- y'all know it in a sense of how uh, when we stop hearing the word, uh, the great deception is what? Uh, hypothetical and, and real, Glenn, as also as is with me. You know, if we stop hearing the word, what's the natural progression? What, what you know, we talk about St. John saying, in order for Christ to increase, I must decrease. What happens when we stop hearing the word? What What's happening? You start stripping away the things that are important and you elevate yourself. You elevate yourself and you're consumed by your own nature. We are sinners, right? And the great caution is this is what's happening. Now, uh, uh, Cheryl might say, well, I'm, I'm good, fine, and dandy, and, and life is good. Um, and, you know, hypothetical, Cheryl. Uh, I'm fine without the word. I mean, you know, I have all the puzzle pieces together and life is good. But that's the great deception, isn't it? is to have that perception thinking that life is good based on the human things of man, when in fact, as we see right here, the result of not meeting together, there is a great caution there for, for even your salvation. Not saying that church is a checklist of, you know, checking off the box, you know, Chris, of course, playing the piano. She's, if it was about church attendance, uh, she'd be up there first-tier status in front of God, right? <laughs> no, she would be, right, really. She's so great. But no, it's not that, right? It's she comes to church to hear God's word uh, and, and to be strengthened and sustained by that very word, right? Because we know what is at hand, and, and that is the nature of our sin. So as we see this introduction, this is the great encouragement that I always see in people is you've got to come to church and hear God's word, Right? And you here in Bible study, you got to come to Bible study because this is where we study and, and are rooted in that very word, right? Uh, we know what we're up against, and, and this is our truth. This is what leads us in the midst of all the adversaries that we face. And, of course, the devil's there, right? He's always there. Oh, he's every... What's that? Sling arrows. I went to 49er camp at Cal State Long Beach when I was little, and we did. My favorite one was archery. I don't know if you've ever been to 49er camp. Anyone? Uh, oh, you did? I went, I didn't remember a canyon, but I went by where it's at. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Near El Dorado Park, they would, uh, they would have the, uh, anyways. Uh, but that's the devil, right? Fleeing in every, every dart or every arrow at us in, in so many ways to, to get us uh, to be detached from his word. And that's a danger, right? So, Verse 29 here, as we talked about last time, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has spurned the Son of God, that is, who has trampled on his word and who has profaned the blood of the covenant, right? How do we profane the word of God? How do we profane his name and his word? By teaching what? By teaching... Falsely, right? False teaching. Isn't that one of the ways to which we profane the name of God? By saying in his name, this is what we teach, when in fact, this is not the truth in false teaching, and there we profane his name. Everybody feel better when you say, say something that's untrue. Something that's true to societal morality. That's right. The itching ears. Very well. Uh, so, so here we see uh, the... 
the profaning of his name, trampling um, on the Son of God uh, by this sin uh, of, of deliberate sin. And, uh, yeah, really forgetting how, by what the Lord had done for them, they here were in that caution and that danger of sinning deliberately, they would reject his word. And that's the path, friends. You know, your human nature could say all is well, morality this, morality that, and I've done a good thing, I'm a good person, charitable, and all those things are great. But if it's without the word, what does the Hebrew say? It's with dead, it is called dead works, right? And this is the picture of the dangers that are at hand, right? Um, and, and that's why the word of God is so important for your life. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, verse 30 and 31. If someone could read that for me, verse 30 and 31. All right, so vengeance is mine. This is from uh, uh, when we talk about uh, the reference Deuteronomy 32. And uh, is, if we reject the word of God, is there consequence to that? Um, so, so what we talk about uh, right here, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And this is the picture of judgment. This is the picture of rejecting his word, deliberate sin. And there we see uh, how the ungodly who have turned from him, right? Uh, this is the result of a hardened heart. Now, again, uh, what we talk about 30 and 31 here, um, the deliberate sinner when we talk about hardened heart and deliberate sinner, uh, what does that look like for a deliberate sinner and how that connects to a hardened heart? What does that look like? Arrogance. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking maybe somewhere along the lines of Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, uh, five things that, that God hates, the six that he despises, uh, a lying tongue, Hands that shed innocent blood, feet that rush towards uh, sin, hands that start decision, things like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, you know, when we talk about. Uh, sin and, and all that we do, uh, of course, and, and as Ashley said about arrogance and pride, uh, but that hardened heart, you know. You know, my hands are pretty, not, not too many calluses here. I usually type more. I'm not a manual labor guy. If I was, you'd realize why I hire so many people, because I don't know how to do that. But uh, calluses, after a while, you don't feel what happens. You don't, you don't feel your hand when you're so calloused, right? Uh, you don't feel your feet if you had a long day and you're like a runner or you're working with your feet a lot. All those calluses, you don't start, you, you start becoming desensitized to what is really happening there. So we're talking about deliberate sin. This is the danger, friends, you know. Uh, and the world will say what about sin? What will they say about sin? It's a mistake. It's okay. Or so what? I mean, God is so loving. So what? Right? You do anything you want. He'll forgive you. It's okay. Yes. And, you know, we could rob a bank if Ruth was here. But, uh, you know, 
she no longer needs that because she's in heaven and she has all the riches of his grace. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, anyways, verse 32, verse 32, so we could read that. All right. So the former days are the writer is telling him, remember when you were of the faith and you were in this faith, new and, and restored. Remember what that looked like, right? Now, look, what, what does it say? What is he trying to do here? He's trying to show them what it truly meant uh, to be enlightened. That means to be uh, shown the illumining of the heart and soul to the very words of this gospel, Right. Uh, what does that mean in terms of the struggle that they faced? And that struggle of persecution is real in their life of the Hebrews. And uh, why, as it says right here, he says, remember the former days uh, when you were enlightened, you endured. Now, what is it about enlightened and endured that connects? How, what does it mean to be enlightened in the former days? Yes, uh, yes, a psalm, that's from the Psalms, I believe, and uh, restore to me, right, uh, the joy of my salvation. And that enlightening is how does God make known the very hope of Christ? And this is through his word and sacrament. We say in the Apostles' Creed, Article 3, what do we say? We say uh, we are called by the gospel, not by our own human reason or strength, but we are uh, called by the Spirit, called by His Word. Also, we are enlightened by His gifts. What are the gifts? What are the gifts that enlighten us? What are the gifts? That's right. That's right. Word and sacrament. These are the gifts that illumine or make light of who you are by the gifts that were given to you. This is your faith. This is what enlightens you. And therefore, we're talking about enduring the struggle. What happens? That endurance is in the struggle, the suffering of Christ and what he has done for you. When we are suffering, where do we go? We flee to the one who endured for us, the one who suffered for us, given to us in these very gifts of the gospel, right? So when we... uh, Again, what happens when we forego what we have been enlightened by? Well, we, we trust in our nature of sin. And when we talk about endurance, how does that go in the nature of man? How do we endure in the midst of the struggle? Doubt. Doubt uh, fear. Right? We talked about it this morning, right? And do we see the tension in our lives with that? When you, wa- when you watch a news clip or when you uh, see what's happening in the world, um, trust me, as a human being, you're like, oh no, again? And for me as a pastor, it's like, okay, service times, how we do things, <laughs> outdoor, indoor, what are we gonna do now? You know, and, and there's a lot of things going on there, but when we talk about enlightened, what are you enlightened by? 
And here the writer is saying, remember the word that, I, that was given to you in Christ Jesus, because he very well knows, as we talk about the tension here, of the nature of our sin and how that manifests itself is what? Our endurance becomes one of the human way. And in these last couple of years, I think all of us, humbly speaking, have seen that in the mirror in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, how are you enlightened? Hebrews, oh, go ahead. I think that goes back to the gospel. This morning, my peace is with you. That's right. That's right. That's the enlightenment, right? We don't have to worry. That's right. And that peace, again, is not a, like a... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's been endured for you by our Lord, right? And that's what this enlightenment is all about, enlightening with his gifts, uh, is the promise of God's word. Because, you know, Glenn, you say it, right? But, uh, but also the other Glenn, the old man Glenn, I mean, not the old man. <laughs> yeah, you can say it. <laughs> no, the, 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 the sinful, you know, the old nature of... <laughs> Old man Glenn. The old nature of Glenn is that what? Is that in that time of enduring, it's pull at the bootstraps, get it done, depend on self. Yeah, I think that's the struggle is between depending on self versus realizing, hey, I have the peace of Christ. I don't have to struggle with this. But I constantly go back to the human nature of, oh, I have to do something myself to make it right. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the deception is what? Even, even when we know the peace of Christ, our nature, what does this devil do with us? He says, no, but you, Glenn, look, you're experienced in this life. <laughs> You've been through many things, right? Uh, and, and you can do this yourself. And, and we know the peace of Christ, but yet we forget what? What this illumining of heart and mind was all about in the gospel and what he has given to us in our baptism in the sacraments, of course, in what he has given to us, right? That's the tension that we face. This is what the Hebrews are facing as well. Uh, they, they've received this word, but yet they're facing this struggle. And uh, sometimes we don't see the struggle for what it really is. Do you know what I'm saying about that? Like, you don't see the spiritual nature of that struggle. Uh, we just kind of live on the surface and we live... Uh, in our human way, in our nature of sin, and there we proceed, right? So, so here we see uh, clearly, you know, remember, right? Recall the former days. Uh, and that's why Hebrews 10, 24, 25 is very important. Once we stop hearing the word, the nature of man is real, friends. Humbly speaking, I'm not strong enough to do this myself, right? This life I live, this life you live, you can't do it. I can't do it. We can't depend on self, Right? Uh, and that's why when we hear God's word, there we are receiving, feeding, and nurturing on the very words of peace, of Christ, and his death and resurrection. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. Sorry, I took it for you, from you when I said that real quick. But I know we're running out of time, so we've got to get this done. But, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, this is the picture, you guys, uh, of recalling the former day. Re- remember how you were enlightened. And this is not of your doing. Dave, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? Yes? There's another part to this verse 32 that I find kind of interesting. It's almost subtle. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, which is kind of what we've been talking about. But the next part of it, when you stood your ground, 
So he's taking them back to when they first, first came to faith. And this is how strong you were then, because you have received the light. Why are you turning away now? And it all comes back to this business of why are you turning away when you had everything back there in time? That's right. And what is that cornerstone to which you stood? I right? think that's the challenge there, is when we move from struggle to struggle, our human nature takes, back, it takes us back to, oh, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to make it right? And we, we lose that connection from struggle to struggle sometimes. That it's through Christ. We don't really have to do anything, right? We forget it's almost. Yeah, I mean, going back to. That goes back to, sorry, what you were saying early on, why we need to be in the Word and be together. To remind ourselves of that. I'm always glad that God doesn't keep a list. How many times I've prayed God if you'll just give me out of the stupid thing I've done? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll never, I'll never uh, do this or that again. And um, pretty much every every time um, I, I, I fail to keep up to my end of the bargain. Yeah, no, and and that's why when we talk about standing your ground, this is that that bargain or that transaction was was our Lord and as He purchased His. Purchased and won us by his holy precious blood, right? And that's the key here is uh, the, the struggle that we face. And for them, it was persecution. I'm like, uh, you know, persecution. Uh, you know, we, in, in our world, uh, we, don't, we see that, glimpses of it, glimpses. Uh, but when we talk about persecution, this is everything on the line. This is uh, life on the line here. Uh, and they were facing it, but yet they stood their ground because just like what we heard uh, with St. John exiled in Patmos or, 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 or uh, the, the disciples up in the, uh, with the locked door in the upper room or even the, uh, Peter and the apostles in Acts 5 with being imprisoned but letting go by, by the angel of the Lord. Uh, what was my point? I forgot. But the, <laughs> wait, too long of a thought that, you know, when you run in that thought, you're like, wait. Where was I coming from? Anyway, <laughs> I do that a lot. But, uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> your wisdom is beyond your years, Glenn. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, the years are getting up there. Um, Persecution was real, was right there. That's what it was, yeah. The disciples got out of prison, but they were discovered again in a synagogue and they could Put right back there, or they could be killed, or whatever. But like they said, we'll be going to obey God rather than them. Yeah, and, and that's right. Because there, you 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 would assume that there was a lot of fear. Exactly. I mean, but I think that it's important that he goes forward and reminds them, not just the fact that it was a great contest in the face of suffering, but he reminds them in the next verses of everything that they had already endured, that they were faced with. Good. And it's, it's kind of like, you've already gone through so much. Don't, don't give up. Don't fall. Or don't look back to yeah, your old ways. Back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, rightfully so, for all the faithful, you know, blessed are those who... Don't be like a dog returning to its vomit. 
Well, again, you know, I've seen dogs do that. I've seen that dogs do that. But, but, but again, back to this, you know, when we talk about fear, uh, you know, why is fear so, um, what, is it, what is the dynamic of fear in our lives in this day and age? Yeah, so in that moment of fear, what is in your heart and mind? In that moment of fear? What does that look like imagery-wise? You don't have to be too detailed. But, but uh, what does that look like when we talk about fear in that moment? So you're like on this boat that's sinking and there's many little holes at the, you know, the cartoons and the water is coming up and, and they're like with every, sorry, <laughs> my groin, but every, every hand and foot, they're trying to plug every hole. That's, that's what fear is. And rather than saying, look, Christ is, he's the captain of this ship and, and he has given you the ground to which you stand, and that is the enduring word of Christ and his death and resurrection. Right? And that's the imagery I see a lot of times. Just, I'm thinking imagery all the time in a sense of how we deal with fear. And, and in that face of fear, it's like, as Glenn said, me, me, me. What do I have to do? How can I survive? How do I endure? When in fact, when you go back, remember, recall the former days. As we'll uh, go forward to 33, sometimes being publicly exposed. Oh, someone could read that for me, sorry. Uh, verse 33. All right, one more, one more. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So what, what is the picture of, of their remember the former days? It says right there in 33, uh, they would have, uh, uh, they would partner with those who were persecuted, right? Um, and they would even joyfully accept the plundering or the confiscating of their property uh, because of their faith. Why? Because they had a... What did they have that was better than their property? More lasting. Picture of salvation. Yeah. The, the possession of, of Christ and his promise and his word. Right? Uh, so as we talk about the tension that they faced, we, we also, humbly speaking, understand that as well. Do you see it in your life? You know, we're talking about possessions. How many times uh, is that one possession in your life? You're like, that golden calf that says what? You need me. <laughs> because without me, you have nothing. And what is that in your life? Be honest with yourself. Because that's the, that's the great temptation that we have. Right? Uh, I mean, they, they joyfully. Remember, recall the days. Remember that, you know. Uh, recall the days when they plundered your resources, your, your property, and you joyfully accepted that because you had a better promise. You had a better gift. Um, and again, uh, humbly speaking, this is sometimes in our lives. Uh, I don't know what people hold on to these days. Like retirement funds, is that a big thing? Or... 
everything, is that a big thing, right? Uh, what, what do people hold on to? Like, what, what is that thing in your life that you say, well, that possession is... And you love them, of course, but, right? But to make that love for them be guided by the love of Christ mixed, like, if that's what you need. Because we see in the Gospels, what? That children will turn against their yeah. parents, and, mm-hmm. and you see the picture of what... That's right. Chris, you're on a roll today. <laughs> Not that it's only today, it's every day. But you are literally so busy, I... I I'm, yeah, so anyways, uh, so, so again, uh, as we see in our handout, blessed are those, uh, this is from the Beatitudes, blessed are you when our others revile you and, and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, right? Again, he is telling the, the Hebrew writers, telling the people, your reward in Christ is greater than anything of this world. Do you believe that? And, and this is the tension that they were facing. Um, and that's a daily temptation for us as well. You know, our, our faith, our reward in what he has done for us. Like our children, at, you know, during communion, you know, uh, I, I speak to them and, and I always tell my own kids, you're blessed. <laughs> and they say, yeah, dad, we know, Jesus. <laughs> <All right." laughs> and I'm like, no, you know, because this is what you hear. Like all the little kids, uh, yeah, of course Jesus died on the cross and forgives me of my sins. I'm like, that's, that's such a blessing to have, right? To know that confidence and, and to know that is who possesses you by his blood. I mean, this is the, the picture of joy. And, and that's why this reward is so great because of the gospel that they had been given. To not forget that. Because until the Lord returns, what's gonna, what does the devil do? What, what does the devil do? Don knows. <laughs> no, no, not, not meaning by that. I mean, Don knows in a sense where, you know, he, like any engineer, the devil knows every which way, every which way to make his way attack us. Right? It's not just point A to point. He goes subset A B, Roman numeral 1, 2. Remember the outlines that we did? Little a, little b, little c. He, he uses every algorithm and strategy to turn us from his word. Right? And, and, and this, is, uh, this is what we're dealing with here, my friends. But yet, the word of Christ. Genesis 3 fulfilled, right? Bruised the head of Satan. That's why this word is so important. Right? So, so remember, discern, decipher. See through, in and through the word of God as you live your life in this life of faith. Because this, this outline that we see from the Hebrew writer, this is also what we face as well. Right? The greatest deception is what? Being ignorant of what's really happening. You know what I'm saying? Just to live on the surface saying, Marjorie's having a bad day. And just say, okay, I'm having a bad day. Why is that happening? Why am I worrying? Oh, it's because of this, this, and this, and this. But rather, when we look in, you know, into our hearts, we say, wait. It's because of my lack of faith. Help me. Help me in my unbelief, as we see in the Bible. Help me in my disbelief. Help me in my sin, Lord. Um, and that's why we flee to his word. Right? Oh, it goes back again to 10, 24, and 25, how important that word is. Um, okay. Kids, kids always say, why are you always out of breath, Dad? 
because I talk too much. I rarely talk at home, by the way. I'm very quiet at home. I don't like talking. I told Jeff in the morning, I'm an introvert. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Anyways, I am. Verse 35, if so, we could read that real quick. Verse 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. All right, so what is your confidence, friends? Jesus. Salvation. What else? Continue. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Good. Anyone else? Faith. Faith. Good. Anyone else? The armor that is of his death and resurrection, right? Uh, what else is your confidence? Starts with the B, ends with an M. Baptism, right? Uh, what about uh, the Lord's Supper? Wordle was pretty tough this week. Anyways, uh, we see right here. Uh, <laughs> Oh, there was one with X in it. And I'm like, oh, not those. Those are tough. Anyways, uh, but our confidence is in, in what we, we see right here. Oh, oxide. That's right. Um, olive was tough yesterday. Olive. I had L, I, and E. But the V and the O, I'm like, oh, no. Anyways, so we see right here, confidence is all in what the Lord is done. You don't see any part of you in this. Do not throw away Christ. Do not throw away the confidence that endures forever, right? Uh, Dave can be confident. Oh, we have a lot of Dave, so when I say Dave. That's right. If anyone knows Dave Hathaway, say hello to him. I know he's one of our, uh, Dave and Vivian are um, our new members here, and what a great uh, joy it is that they are here. But Dave's, do we have any other Dave's? I know we have other Dave's in church, but... Uh, you know, we, have, we might have confidence today in ourselves, But what happens when that confidence wavers? You know, let's say, uh, oh yeah, basketball, let's say. Uh, uh, let's say you're a free throw shooter, right? Um, and you're at around 92% clip one year. And then you drop down to 75. You know, I'm trying to dribble here. But well, when the game's on the line and you're in that 75% year, I mean, how is your muscle memory there? You're a little, what's the word? Your mind is like, oh man, I got to make this to, to tie the ball game and, and uh, tense. And you're, what, do, what, what happens to your muscle memory? It starts to kind of lock up, right? You, you seize up and you're kind of hesitant. And that is the nature of man, friends. I mean, you can, you can rest on your self-righteousness all that you want. But in those darkness of days, when our sin is ever before us, you'll be filled with terror, and there's no confidence in sight, right? What confidence is, is right here, verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which is your great reward, and that is what God has given to you by his very gifts, right? So, uh, so a picture, confidence, being enlightened by his gifts, enduring, all in the work of Christ. Yet, in fact, on the flip side, we see the Hebrews in real life as we uh, as we see their struggle, that they're kind of delving into their nature of sin. Now, from the eyes of man, this looks very what? Like a solution. This looks like an answer. But through the word of God, through the spiritual battles that we face, the only way to which we endure is by the enlightened word 
that is illumined to us through the word and sacrament. And there, through that word and sacrament, as this, these are gifts that are given, there we are looking to the confidence that is outside of ourselves, and that is the word of Christ and what he has done for you in his promises. Right? So this week, see that tension, right? Because you'll see it, even when you're driving home today, right? Uh, even this afternoon. Uh, see that tension, but yet, at the end of the day, retreat back to what is eternal and true. And that is the word of Christ. Come to church. Hear his word. Receive the sacrament, right? Uh, be rooted in this faith because we know what we're up against. Yet, though we are up against it, we have confidence. We're not wondering if we're going to make the shot. But the shot has already been made. Is that a good metaphor? I don't know. Is that a good metaphor? No. Yeah, pretty good, right? We'll see. Anyways, but, but here we see that confidence, and that is Jesus for you. And that's your faith. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I was just going to say what I keep thinking about is someone who's um, like a fairly new Christian is so on fire for Christ and so full of just wanting to tell everybody everything. And I think that that's mm. one of the things about coming to church is that we absorb that. You know, if you're in a vacuum by yourself you might start to forget all that he's done for you. But when we're together and we hear, I mean, I remember Sheldon from Bible studies several years ago where he just was so, it, the, the sparks were flying off of him almost. And it helps us remember when we start to grow lazy through doubt and through fear. Yeah. Yeah, and it reminds us of the parable of the sower all the time, right? Sometimes it's the cares and dissipations of the life. Maybe it's the quick joy that you have, but then it wanes quick, you know. But in the good soil there, we grow a bare fruit, right? And this is, this is that confidence, friends. It's the word of Christ, and that's what we hear time and time again, right? So remember that uh, as you come to church, as you study his word. This is, where, this is where we are rooted in what he has done for us. And this is what the Hebrews are being taught here. So anyways, uh, yeah. 35. Uh, why don't we stop here? Uh, let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, bless us in your confidence, knowing full well that through all things, uh, you have illumined our hearts and minds through the word, uh, and that is Jesus' redemption for the forgiveness of our sins. Bless us this week in this life of faith. And Lord, through all things, uh, grant us endurance in the confidence that you have given to us in the gift of your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.